0: Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. We're so glad that you're here today. Big welcome to our Bayville campus. Those who are watching online as well, we're so glad that you're here. And um, I am praying that this message finds you in a place ready to hear what God may speak to you today. Amen? Amen. You know, music has the amazing ability to impact our minds and our emotions. And, And so the idea of creating a summer playlist is all about surrounding our ears with the Word of God that would really shape our summer. And um, For the next four weekends, like Bianca said in the video, we're going to be highlighting a song each week and shaping a message and really crafting a playlist that can lift us up in this season. Does that sound good? Are you expecting today? Are you excited? God's going to speak to you. Amen. I'm believing that. Let's go ahead and pray before we get into the Word of God. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness, your mercy, your grace, Father, your faithfulness that we sang about today. Lord God, we look to you tonight as the author and the finisher of our faith. We thank that as we approach your word, we approach it humbly, knowing that you're going to speak to us, that that your word has power and has life, and it guides our path, Father. So Lord, as we approach your word, would you speak to us today? Would you do what only you can do, Father God, in this place? Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Church, have you ever found yourself in a position that you wish you weren't in? Kind of a dumb question, right? We've all probably been in a position we wish we weren't in. Well, I'm going to share one with you tonight from my uh, story from the past couple of years. Um, About a year or so ago, I'm in Sydney, and I'm finding myself in this job. I'm in a catering job. And this particular job um, requires me to travel 45 minutes into the city to do these weddings, and like catering. We have that here, right? Yeah. (laughs) It's not just an Australian thing. So this particular day, I'm rostered onto this job, and it required for me to wear all black. It was a really formal one. So I'm in all black. I'm making my hike into the city, taking the bus into the city. And so I had a few interesting jobs when I was working with him for the brief couple months. It didn't last very long, and you'll know why by the end of the story. But I think this night was one of the the nights that I was in like this really fancy Ferrari car dealership and we were doing cocktail hour for all these amazingly nice people. (laughs) And the floors, okay, the floors are like cobblestone, sealed very uneven. And I'm walking around all night with trays with flutes of drinks and very uncomfortable because number one, I'm a good waiter in a restaurant Casual, but I'm not great in the formal setting with all of these glasses on one tray. I'm sure I—I dro- I, I actually I know I dropped a couple things that night. So anyway, that's not the point of the story. The point is what happens in the rest of the night for me. It was a terrible night. Um, by the end of that night, I'm kind of getting really discouraged because I hate this job, <laughs> but it's getting me through college, and I'm going to do what I have to do, right? So. Um, I'm making my way back through the city, back to where I know I'm going to pick up my bus to get back to Bolcom Hills, where I live in this suburb. So I'm really tired. It's about um, midnight. Um, I'm wearing dress shoes that are very uncomfortable. So I've been walking, like you get the picture, right? So get to the bus stop, really antsy. I know the bus I'm supposed to get on. Yeah, I know. You already know. The bus that pulls up first is not the right bus, but you know how they had the little, uh, what is it called, the uh, ticker, I don't know what it's called, and it has like the cities going by, and I see Bulkham Hills, and I'm like, that's where I'm going, I'm gonna get on that bus. No, mistake number one. So I'm on this bus headed to where I think I need to be going. On this bus, travesty number two, my phone dies. I now have no connection to where I'm going. I have been living in Sydney for just about a year at this point. I don't know this area. And my phone dies on the bus. I'm trying to track along to see that it's going in the right direction, but now I've lost all connection to where I am, and it's midnight, past midnight. So now I'm on this bus. My phone dies. As we're getting closer to where we're supposed to exit from my town, we breeze right by it. So now you have Michael in across the world, doesn't know anybody, on a bus, in the dark, no phone, doesn't know where he's going. So immediately I just go, okay, Michael, like I'm talking to myself at this point, really. I'm like, Michael, just pay attention to where we're going because the next bus stop you get off of, you have to get out and you're gonna have to walk all the way back to where it's familiar and then walk all the way home. Yeah, it's terrible. So I get off the next bus stop. I'm walking all the way down the highway. Remember, it's pitch black, now past midnight. I'm in all black. So I tell myself, "Okay, you have a white undershirt in the back of your book bag. I take it out. I tie it to the back of my book bag, thinking, This could be the only thing that a car will see and avoid hitting me on the highway. This is an interesting night. So I, guys, I make it all the way home. It's about a three-mile walk all the way down the highway, take my exit, walking all the way home to my apartment complex to the last mistake. I go in my book bag to get my keys to go into my apartment because we can't go in the door, and I don't have my keys to my house. It's like 1 a.m. My wife's dead asleep. We're in a second floor apartment. And now I am going through my book bag looking for something little that will make a little bit of an impact that I can throw at our window that may get her attention, but won't break the window. This was my night from hell. It was terrible. I think a couple pencils later woke her up enough. It was about, I was out there for 30 minutes, but... I feel the stress of it like it happened yesterday. Guys, it was terrible. I found myself in this really crappy position, based on some of my own choices, but that's besides the point. I mean, I'd love to say that when I was going through that situation, like the first thing, you know, my phone dying, I was just like, oh, that's okay, praise Jesus. Or walking down three miles on the highway, I'm like, oh, singing to God, this is great. I wish I could tell you that when I was throwing the pencils at the window, I was just praying in the spirit and so happy. I wasn't. I wish I chose that position, but I didn't. Um, But today I want to look at an example of two men in the Bible that found themselves in a really bad position. But before we look at this, I feel the need to clarify I am in no way equating my silly example of a first world problem that I just explained to you to what we're about to read in the Bible. Is that clear? I am not comparing our situations. This is pretty drastic and serious that these two men found themselves in, but I just want to clarify. Are we all clear about that? Michael does not equate his walking down a highway to what we're about to read in Acts. If you have your Bible, would you turn with me to Acts chapter 16? Acts chapter 16 is going to be our text for today. I'm going to take a water real quick. So if you have your Bibles or if you have your Bible app. Just a real quick background before we have to, I don't want to have to read this whole section of scripture. When we open up to Acts chapter 16, we see Paul and Silas in in the verses ahead of where we're going to read. Paul and Silas are ministering in Philippi, and they're running into this issue with this little girl that's been taunting and following them. And, um, she's a fortune teller, and she's just been following them around and 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 like torturing them. And Paul turns around and rebukes her, casts the spirit out of her, and she's no longer a fortune teller. This is a problem for her masters because now they're upset because they've taken away income from these guys, right? So we pick up in verse 22 when they bring them to the officials. Verse 22 says, A great crowd gathered, and all the people joined in to come against them. The Roman officials ordered that Paul and Silas be stripped of their garments and beaten with rods on their bare backs. Verse 23, After they were severely beaten, they were thrown into prison, And the jailer was commanded to guard them securely. So the jailer placed them in the innermost cell of the prison and had their feet bound and chained. Paul and Silas, undaunted, prayed in the middle of the night and sang songs of praise to God, while all the other prisoners listened to their worship. Suddenly a great earthquake shook the foundations of the prison. All at once, every prison door flung open, and the chains of all the prisoners came loose." This is an amazing example that we're going to look at today. If you're taking notes or you want a title for today's message, it's called A Position of Praise. A Position of Praise. The idea of being in a position can either be negative or positive, so follow me a little bit in the way I think. If you're in a position to buy a house, that's generally a positive thing. On the other hand, if you find yourself in a position to not yet qualify for purchasing property, then that could be viewed as negative. Does that make sense? We could find ourselves in a position for promotion, and that's a great thing. Or we can find ourselves in a position for looking for another job. The idea of being in position is all about what surrounds the idea of being in the right place at the right time, the right elements all coming together, for that right position. But what if I ask this question today? What if all the surrounding elements and the idea of the right place and right time stuff doesn't actually have much to do with it? What if the idea of being in a position is less about the physical position and more about a choice that you and I have? I'll say that again. What if the idea of being in a in position is less about the physical position And more about a choice that you and I have when it comes down to it. As we look at this example in the New Testament, we see Paul and Silas in a really disconcerting, dark place, literally a dark place. They find themselves in an uncertain, dangerous, wrong place at the wrong time kind of setting. And I wonder if we've ever found ourselves in that place. Now, I'm sure you're landing somewhere between the story I told earlier and this very extreme, dangerous situation, right? So there's, we're going to land all in between here. We're not devaluing any of them. They're very real when we're going through them, right? So we're not going to say that this one's worse than this one. This one definitely sounds worse than a lot, but I'm just saying we're not going to devalue anyone's um, situation or circumstances because at the time, they're really dark, depressing, really hard challenges that we do go through here and now. And um, maybe, maybe for you, it's just future decisions or it's just being in a really depressed state because of your surroundings or um, health issues or, or a job situation. It could be a multitude of things. Um, but here's what I believe to be true. None of us are immune to these bad seasons, right? We're not immune to the uncertain situations, the no light at the end of the tunnel, moments, the disappointment, the tragedy, or a time of waiting we all have these times in our lives, and I think we can all unify in that, in that thought. But I think there's something to be said about what position we take when we're in that position. So if you're taking notes, I would suggest writing that down. What position will you take when you find yourself in a bad position? What position will you take? when you find yourself in a bad position. I want to look one more time at this text that we're talking about today in Acts. We're going to go back to verse 25. And they've been beaten, now they've been placed in their feet are bound in chains. It says, Paul and Silas undaunted. That word undaunted, referring to the way they prayed, means not intimidated or discouraged by difficulty, danger or disappointment. So Paul and Silas... Not intimidated by discouragement or discouraged by difficulty, danger, or disappointment, prayed in the middle of the night and sang songs to God while all the other prisoners listened to their worship. Verse 26. Suddenly the earthquake came shook the foundations of the prison. All at once, every prison door flung open and the chains of the prisoners came loose. Startled, the jailer awoke and saw every cell door standing open. Assuming that all the prisoners had escaped, he drew his sword to kill himself. When Paul shouted in the darkness, stop, don't hurt yourself, we're all still here. The jailer called for a light. When he saw that they were still in their cells, he rushed in and fell trembling at their feet. Then he led Paul and Silas outside and asked, what must I do to be saved? It's amazing. They answered, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your family. Then they prophesied the word of the Lord over them and all his family. Even though the hour was late, he, the jailer, washed Paul and Silas' wounds. Look at the turn of events. It's amazing. Then he and all his family were baptized. He took Paul and Silas into his home and set them at his table and fed them. The jailer and all his family were filled with joy in their newfound faith in God. You see, I don't believe that, that our actual physical position is the thing in question that we're talking about today. I don't believe that's our emotional state is what we're talking about. Because there is a huge reality, like we said before. There are huge situations that we find ourselves in. But when we face these situations, we have a choice. So that's what we want to talk about today. We have a choice when we find ourselves in this position. Fear wants to put us in a position of unrest, of worry, stress, isolation, and inactivity. Can you attest to that? Yeah. Fear wants to put us in a position of unrest, worry, stress, isolation, inactivity. I know for me, when I find myself in a position... And fear wants to put me in a further position of unrest and worry. I know that for me, my thing is isolation. Because fear wants me to distance myself from community. Because, you know, community is where we find healing, and we love one another, and we grow together, and God has instituted that. So what he does is puts us in a position of fear, and then we isolate ourselves. We remove ourselves from people that can encourage us and build us up and speak that word, prophesy into our lives. But on the other hand, we have a choice. Praise puts us in a position of rest, of trust, peace, community, and action. I'll say that again. Praise puts us in a position of rest, of trust, of peace, community, and action. I picked a song, Not Today, to intro our message Because I love the chorus. And when I think about this chorus, I think about the story of Paul and Silas. It says, I'll sing the night into the morning, like we just sang. I'll sing the fear into your praise. I'll sing my soul into your presence. I love that. You see, it's not saying that the night isn't there. The night's real. But the position is praise. The fear may be very real, but your position is praise. Praise. My soul and my mind and my emotions may be unraveling, but my position is going to be praise. Amen? Amen. So as we look at this example of Paul and Silas, there's a couple things that I want us to take away from their example. Being put in a really bad position, but then also choosing to take a position of praise. The first thing I see is, number one, a position of praise in pain allows us to fix our eyes on God. If you're taking notes, that's point number one. A position of praise in pain allows us to fix our eyes on God. Worship focuses the heart on our creator. Worship focuses our mind on his promises. Worship and praise causes us to give our attention to the one that can save us. When we're becoming unraveled in whatever the situation is, or the position we've been put in. Worship and praise allows us to lift our heads, to lift our eyes, and take our attention off of something that completely has our attention, like an issue or a problem that is so big and so real, and it causes us to take our attention off of that thing and place it on the one who can actually save us. Amen? Number two, a position of praise in uncertainty invites God to move. The Bible says, and it's one of my favorite scriptures as a worship pastor, God inhabits the praises of his people. When you actually look at what that word inhabits means, when you look into it, it actually means that he sets up living in your praises. He sets up a dwelling place when you begin to praise him. And the good thing about that is, when we find ourselves in a bad position, when we begin to praise him and worship him, we invite all that he is to become a part of a mess that we have. And he can influence that mess. Amen? When I was looking at a commentary on this chapter in Acts, it says that the likely, it's very likely that the songs that Paul and Silas would have been singing at this really rough time in jail, would be found in Psalm 113 to Psalm 118. So I quickly turned over to that to just see, okay, these are trusted theologians, and let's see what these psalms look like. And I, I picked out a few things to read to you today, because this is what I want you to do. As I begin to read some of these psalms to you, I want you to really imagine this prison cell. I want you to imagine Paul and Silas being shackled by their hands and their feet in a dark dungeon in the innermost part of this jail. I want you to think about what they've gone through, and I want you to allow these words that they may have been singing that night to strengthen your faith. And how cool is some of these words that would have been sung or spoken. Psalm 113 verse 7 says, He promotes the poor, picking them up from the dirt, and rescues the needy from the garbage dump. He turns paupers into princes and seats them on their royal thrones of honor. Psalm 114, verse 3. I love this one. The Red Sea waters saw them coming and ran the other way. Then later the Jordan River, too, moved aside so they could all pass through. The land shuddered with fear. Mountains and hills shook with dread. Oh, see what happened to make you flee. Oh, Jordan, what is it that made you turn and run? Oh, mountains, what frightened you so? And you hills, what made you shiver? I love this part. Tremble, O oh, earth, for you are in the presence of the Lord, the God of Jacob. Do you realize what they would have been doing at this moment? They begin to remind themselves of who their God is. Church, there are times when we're in situations that we have to remind ourselves of, number one, who our God is. And in this psalm, I love that they're also reminding themselves of the stories of old that they would have heard from the Old Testament, of Moses and Joshua crossing the Red Sea and then the Jordan. They begin to remind themselves of what God has done. Not only who their God is, they say, oh, earth tremble, you're in the presence of God the God of Jacob, they begin to remind themselves, okay, I know who he is, but now I'm going to remind myself of what he's done, the miracles that he's done. And I think that's the key of being in a position of praise. We have to remind ourselves of who our God is in a situation that could be very big, right? But we also have to remind ourselves of what he's done in the past because he's able and he's willing. He's not just willing. He is able to influence that situation. And then finally, in Psalm 116, verse 10, Even when it seems I'm surrounded by many liars and my own fears, and though I'm hurting in my suffering and trauma, I will stay faithful to God and speak words of faith. Amen. Can you picture it? Can you picture them in this dark place and begin to stir themselves up, begin to edify themselves, begin to encourage themselves? They took a position of praise. Number three, the third thing I want us to bring out. A position of praise in waiting brings freedom to others. A position of praise in waiting brings freedom to others. See, God is always, always about the lost, He wants to reach his people. So even when we find ourselves in a tough spot, his agenda hasn't changed. Paul and Silas, think about this as we read that story. Paul and Silas are shackled, and they begin to praise and worship, and we don't know how long that endured. We know that the earthquake was suddenly. So Paul and Silas are not only waited for their release by faith, knowing that God was going to move on their behalf, They not only waited for that release, but then when their shackles fall off and doors open, they then wait for the go-ahead. How cool is that? They waited, and they ended up stopping the jailer from killing himself and brought the gospel of Jesus Christ to his whole family. May we have that same mind when freedom is brought to us. Will we not rush to run, but still be about God's heart? And when freedom is brought to us, will we still then want to bring it to others. The lost. A position of praise will not only affect your life, but it will affect the lives of those around you. When Paul and Silas took a position of praise in that jail cell that day, it makes a note to say in Acts that all the prisoners were listening to their worship. And it affected everyone in that jail cell. So, as we come to a close today, I want to ask a couple questions. I'm a questions kind of guy. I kind of like to, when I hear something, be able to think about that and say, OK, what am I going to do with that? So I have some questions for us. What position do you find yourself in today? What position do you find yourself in today? And better question which position will you choose? Some of the positions we may find ourselves in may be out of our own control or of our own doing. But I think the better question is what position, in spite of the position you're in, will you choose? Are you going to go and choose to side with fear like we talked about, fear wants to put us in unrest and worry and stress and isolation and inactivity? Or will you position yourself for praise? Will you take a position of praise, which will give us rest and trust, peace, community, action? As we step into this next week, how can we take a position of praise in the uncertain, in the pain, and in the waiting? That's what I want us to think about going into our week. Whatever this week holds for us, maybe you're in a position today. Maybe you're in a position, and you're like, dang, how'd he know? <laughs> We're all in it. <laughs> We're all in one. But what, whatever we have ahead of us in this week, what position are we going to choose to take? I will say... That it's pretty easy to take the fear position i would say that that might be the default mode right whenever we're facing things i think our default mode wants to take that position of fear to have unrest and stress and worry it's going to take a little bit more energy and faith to say not today not today devil i'm taking a position of praise And even though it might not make sense to the people around you, they're watching and they're listening and you're influencing people around you. When you, in spite of a position you've been put in, take a position of praise. It takes faith. So my suggestion to all of us is get yourself a song. Get a word from God that you're going to stand on. Get a promise that he's spoken about your situation. And remember, a position of praise is active. It's faith-filled. Faith speaks. Faith sings. And faith stands. Faith is not inactive. Faith is not about unrest and worry. But we are going to take a position of praise, right, church? And it's faith-filled. And faith speaks. And faith sings. And faith stands. Amen. Let's take a position and position ourselves for breakthrough in our lives. Father God, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you that we can look to it and learn and grow, and your Holy Spirit will impact our lives. God, I pray today that every person that has heard this message today, that your Holy Spirit would go in and do a work that no man can do. Would you begin to speak to hearts and lift spirits, God, and and begin to encourage those who need to be encouraged. God, I pray that as we go through this week, that we'll be reminded of what position are are we taking. In every situation that we come to, what position am I taking? A position of fear or a position of praise? God, I pray for each person right now. God, I know that there are people, even in this room today, that are facing big things, and they're not to be minimized. But God, would you lift their heads today? Holy Spirit, would you remind them of the things that we spoke today, so that when they leave this place, they can begin to take a faith stand and they can stand on your word, and they can begin to sing those songs of praise, even in times when it doesn't make sense. Father, would you strengthen the ones that need to be strengthened in this place? Those that are weary from being in that position of fear, God, from the unrest and the worry and the stress and the inactivity and the isolation, Holy Spirit, would you come in and strengthen? God, we believe that you are bigger and greater and stronger and more powerful than anything that we're facing. So God, because you're a big God, because you've proven your track record, because you are faithful, we declare our faith and our trust in you, Jesus. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Father.